ago, a group of business leaders and government officials met at the dedication of a pharmaceutical corporation's new laboratory. One after another, half a dozen subordinates to the research director arose and told of the fascinating work being done by chemists and biologists. They were developing new vaccines against communicable diseases, new antibiotics to fight viruses, new tranquilizers to ease tension. Their results, first with animals and then with human beings, were dramatic. This is marvelous, an official said to the research director. Your men are really magicians, but why aren't you up there speaking too? I can talk to my feet, not to an audience, the research director said gloomily. A little later, the chairman took him by surprise. We haven't heard from our director of research, he said. He doesn't like to give us formal speech, but I'm going to ask him to say a few words to us. It was pitiful. The director stood up and managed no more than a couple of sentences. He apologized for not speaking at length, and that was the gist of his contribution. There he was, a brilliant man in his field, and he seemed as awkward and confused as a man could be. This was not necessary. He could have learned to speak impromptu on his feet. I have never seen a serious and determined member of our classes who couldn't learn this. At the start, it takes what this research director had given it. A resolute and brave rejection of one's defeatist attitude. Then, perhaps for quite a while, it takes an unwavering will to do the job no matter how hard it may be. I get along all right if I've prepared my talk and practiced it, you may say. But I'm at a loss for words if I'm asked to talk when I don't expect it. The ability to assemble one's thoughts and to speak on the spur of the moment is even more important, in some ways, than the ability to speak only after lengthy and laborious preparation. The demands of modern business and the current casualness with which modern oral communication is carried on make it imperative to be able to mobilize our thoughts quickly and verbalize fluently. Many of the decisions that affect industry and government today are made, not by one man, but around the conference table. The individual still has his say, but what he has to say has to be forcefully stated in the form of group opinion. This is where the ability to speak impromptu comes alive and produces results. Impromptu speaking. Anyone of normal intelligence who possesses a fair portion of self-control can make an acceptable, often a brilliant, impromptu talk, which simply means talking off the cuff. There are several ways you can improve your ability to express yourself fluently when called upon suddenly to say a few words. One method is to use a device that some famous movie actors used. Years ago, Douglas Fairbanks wrote an article for American Magazine in which he described a game of wits. He, Charlie Chaplin, and Mary Pickford played almost every night for two years. It was more than a game. It was practicing that most difficult of all speaking arts, thinking on one's feet. As Fairbanks wrote, the game went like this. Each of us would write a subject on a slip of paper. 
Then we folded the slips and shook them up. One would draw. Immediately, he would have to stand and talk for 60 seconds on that subject. We never used the same subject twice. One night, I had to talk on lampshades. Just try it if you think it is easy. I got through somehow. But the point is, all three of us have sharpened up since we began the game. We know a lot more about a variety of miscellaneous subjects, but far better than that, we are learning to assemble our knowledge and thoughts on any topic at a moment's notice. We are learning how to think on our feet. Several times during my course, the class members are asked to talk impromptu. Long experience has taught me that this kind of practice does two things. One, it proves to the people in the class that they can think of their feet. And two, this experience makes them much more secure and confident when they are giving their prepared talks. They realize that if the worst should happen and they experience a blackout while giving their prepared material, they can still talk intelligently on an impromptu basis until they get back on the track again. So at one time or another, the class member hears, Tonight, each of you will be given a different subject on which to talk. You won't know what it is until you stand up to speak. Good luck! What happens? An accountant finds he is called on to speak about advertising. An advertising salesman has to talk on kindergartens. A school teacher's topic may be banking. And a banker's topic may be school teaching. A clerk may be assigned to talk on production. And a production expert may be asked to discuss transportation. Do they hang their heads and give up? Never! They don't pretend to be authorities. They work in subjects around to fit their knowledge of something familiar to them. In their first efforts, they may not give a fine talk, but they do get up and they do talk. For some, it is easy. For some, it is hard. But they don't give up. They all find that they can do far better than they thought they would. This is thrilling to them. They see that they can develop an ability which they didn't believe they had. I believe that if they can do this, anybody can do it with willpower and confidence and that the more often one tries to do it, the easier it will be. Another method we use to train people to speak on their feet is the linkage technique of impromptu speaking. It is a stimulating feature of one of our class sessions. One class member is told to begin a story in the most fantastic terms he can invent. For instance, he might say, The other day, I was piloting my helicopter when I noticed a swarm of flying saucers approaching. I started to descend, but a little man with the nearest saucer started to open fire. I... At this point, a bell sounds indicating the end of the speaker's time, and the next class member in line must continue the story. By the time everyone in the class has contributed to his share, the action may end along the canals of Mars or in the, hall in the halls of Congress. This method of developing skill in speaking without preparation is admirable as a training device. The more such practice a person gets, the better he will be qualified to meet the real situations that may arise when he has to speak for keeps in his business and social life.